Swami. A very great personality. The Paul Muzaffar Hussain Khandil Yaqutullahi. It was well known about him that because he was so cautious about what he ate for a long time, he made such mujahada in terms of making sure that no doubtful food also was ever consumed. It became such that if by mistake also he ate something which was of a doubtful source, it would not stay in his stomach. He would automatically bring it up. If by chance he felt everything was in order and he accepted somebody's invitation or somebody presented something and he partook of it, but if it was from a doubtful source, his stomach would not tolerate it. It would automatically come out and people started becoming very cautious and very wary that if we're inviting him, we make sure everything is 100% above board, otherwise we'll get disgraced. So this is one side of his caution. Once he was traveling somewhere through one very, very remote area and it was late in the evening, so he decided to spend the night in the masjid. So after the Isha Salah, one person, local person, simple villager, he saw that there's a mehman here, there's a guest here, he's a stranger, he's traveling. So it's possible that he hasn't eaten because now traveling through this remote area, there's no arrangement to even buy anything anyway. So he went away and after a while he returned and he brought something wrapped in one simple cloth of paper, whatever it was. There were three rotis in there, three bread. And he gave him this, he said, you're a mehman, you're a traveler. You have this. And he went away. So Mama ate this and he went to sleep. That night he was blessed with the ziharat of Rasulullah. And he felt some ajeeb, very, very, something really different, really out of the ordinary, some kind of feelings. So the next day he had to go on, but something that what he experienced, he felt he wanted to just stay over. And this, so he stayed the whole day there. At night now, this person again, after Maghrib Isha, he sees that this mehman is still here. So he went away. After a while, he comes back. He brings again something wrapped up. There's two rotis in there. So in any case, he ate the two rotis and went to sleep after Isha. Again, the same thing. The next day, he decided he doesn't want to leave today again. He's going to stay here. Something is different here. That night, again, this person notices that this traveler is still not gone. He's still around. So he comes back, comes with something wrapped again, is one roti. He tells him, look, please, tomorrow you carry on. He gives him this one roti and he's telling him, look, please, tomorrow now you must move on. So now that was something strange again. So he says, but I will move on, but first you must tell me there's something behind all this. So he says, what's behind, what are you talking about? He says, I have never experienced something in this manner. That to this extent, being blessed with the ziyarat of Nabi Wasallam every night in succession, and together with that, the manner in which it happened and then the various spiritual feelings that I experienced, this is something which is not something that's ordinary, it's not something that happens every now and again. It's something very special, very unique. So I am sure that it's got something to do with the food you're feeding me. Because this is what apparently is the only thing that I've done here, apart from whatever else I do everywhere else. The food that you are feeding me, this one roti only, this plain roti. So when he insisted, then he said to him that I'm a simple villager, I work in my fields. There is nothing really that we earn. After the whole day's work, I managed to just buy some little bit of, of 
grind a little bit of flour. So the little bit of flour that we grind, we make three rotis out of it. One I have, one my wife has, and one my child has. And this is the meal for the day, basically. He says, but when we saw you, I saw you the first day, I didn't have my share. Everybody didn't have their share. He said, well, today there's a mehman, there's a guest. We're going to starve today. We're going to feed the guest. The second day, you still were around. So he said, well, okay, the child, give him his share now. You can't expect him to be two days in a row not having anything to eat. And we gave you our share. My share and my wife's share I gave to you. Now, today, I have given you my share, but I couldn't now deprive them of their share. I don't think I'm going to manage another one day more. So three days in a row now, I haven't had anything to eat. So three days in a row, I've given you whatever I could, but now it's beyond me to serve you again tomorrow. So therefore, it's not going to be something that I'm going to feel good about also, that there's a guest here and I must not feed him, but I'm not going to manage to do it also. So therefore, I'm suggesting that please, you can move on now. Now, there's so many different aspects in here. One is this person's, his sacrifice, his selflessness, ready to serve somebody else despite his own need. One is that to help somebody out from the excess that we have. That too is, mashallah, a very good thing. But to suppress one's need, one is the level of generosity. This is isar. It is giving somebody else preference over one's own basic need. And this was something which was in the life of the Sahaba. Yu'sirun ala anfusihim walawkana bihim khasasa. The same word, yu'sirun, ithar. They give others preference over themselves even though they themselves are suffering poverty. And the other thing is the simple food, but this was that completely halal <coughs> manner in which it was being acquired and there was no adulteration of anything in it. No mixture of anything that was out of place. Now, that was the effect that brought this kind of spirituality, this feeling. Now, on the opposite of that is the kind of situation nowadays, people eat anything and everything from wherever it is, as long as somebody, they heard from somewhere something that this is all above board, is halal, whether it is got any connection with something halal too is a different matter, but anything because there must be that excitement, that entertainment, that there must be that taste in something, whether that taste is all being brought about by things that are all corrupted, it doesn't matter. But the taste buds must be given the preference. So as a result, that lethargy, spiritual lethargy, a person now sometimes he's got that concern also, there is that intention as well, that I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to apply myself. But there's just no energy to do it. The reason that when this contaminated food, this doubtful food goes into the stomach, then it creates spiritual lethargy. The person, his spirituality is just as the pure halal food, it increases that because that is what becomes blood and that blood nourishes the whole body and that nourishes the heart as well so the heart is now being nourished by something that is pure so that heart is now going to start, the spiritual heart also benefits from it and on the opposite side, it's going to now corrupt everything, so this is now especially, now we're going to be moving on for a period of time outside, not going to be in the madrasa environment, we're going to be in this Many times students feel, well, now we need to make qaza of all the time that we were inside the madrasa. How that qaza we're going to make? We eat anything from anywhere, go in. But all these things create havoc in a person's ruhaniyat. And it is just without any concern, without any care, a person is anywhere, everywhere. 
it creates havoc with the ruhaniyat. Instead of now a person, the month of Ramadan, etc., him preparing in a way that he is now going to be in a heightened state of ruhaniyat, before Ramadan comes, he's already killed everything. So even start, it becomes difficult. Then he's just going through the motions because he has to go through the motions. By the time the month of Ramadan finishes, he's waiting to just like break out of jail to do whatever he didn't do in Ramadan and what he was still carrying on in Ramadan. Much of it is often due to what we have eaten. This is something to be very, very careful about what we eat, where we eat. And as far as possible, unless there is somebody who is visibly conscious of deen and there's a good reputation of the person, as far as possible, it's best to avoid buying it from anywhere else. Somebody who is conscious of deen and that's visibly conscious of deen. And the person has a good reputation generally in the community, etc., that he's an upright person. He's somebody that will not deliberately do something that's out of line in terms of not being conscious and being careful about halal and haram. Then, as far as possible, not that we're going to make any kind of judgment on anybody else, but as a matter of caution. If you don't know what the, who the person is, what's going on here, what's, you don't take things just for granted, and rather be on the side of Caution. Allah Ta'ala give us.